0: Good morning church. It's good to see each one of you this morning. It's been good, uh, wonderful to have Andrew and Les with us this weekend to hear more about the work of MCC in Ukraine and and other places around the world. And of course we want to continue to pray uh, for all of those people and pray that peace comes to that region sooner rather than, than later. Let's turn our Bibles together this morning to Psalm 133 and 134. During Lent, um, our theme has been the 40 Days of Ascent, and we've been working our way through the Psalms of Ascent, which are Psalms 120 to to 134, and so today we ascend to the top. We come to the end. Uh, Next Sunday is Palm Sunday, and so these will be the last Psalms of this section. But before we get to that, during these Sundays of Lent, we have also been doing some Bible Trivia And I've been sending out questions, three questions each week to you on social media and email for you to to answer on Sunday mornings. And so here are the ones for this week. Um, Erica, you want to push the the program button on the thing up there and maybe I can reprogram this to work for the rest of the time. Um, Okay, how old was the daughter of Jairus, Jairus, the synagogue leader, when Jesus healed her? 12. You guys did very good with that, 12 years old. All right, next question. What did the voice from the cloud say about Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration? I'm hearing some of the right words. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Was, it depends on what translation you use there. It could be a little bit different than that. But Who is the father of John the Baptist? Zacharias. Zacharias. Very good. All right. I hope those trivia questions have been uh, helpful for you to get into the Word. And hopefully you do more than just find trivia. Um, the baseball season starts this uh this week, and so I was thinking maybe it's time for us to have another night of Bible baseball trivia here at the church. We always enjoy those times when we get together and do that. So let's turn to Psalm 133 and 134. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity! It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard. Running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion Zion. For the Lord, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Psalm 134. Praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who minister by day in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who is the maker of heaven and earth. Recently, I was uh, reading the story of Cain and Abel in Genesis 4. And you know, it's not the most feel-good story there is that you can find in the Bible because it records the first murder that uh, that ever happened. You know, Cain became jealous of uh, and angry with his brother Abel, and he kills him out in the field. And, um, but what struck me about this story was when the Lord came calling on Cain, and he said, Cain, where is your brother Abel? And Cain responds by saying, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Well, the short answer, of course, is yes. Yes, you are. Not only are you your brother's keeper, but you are to care and to look after others as well. God didn't say those exact words to Cain, but that message, of course, runs throughout the rest of Scripture. That we are to, to care for and look after and help and minister to Our family, our church family, our community, the world, and anyone really that Jesus places in our path. Anyone that has a need. We are each other's keeper. And these verses from Psalm 133 present a theme really that is found throughout our Bibles. From the Old Testament um, to the teachings of Jesus in in the Gospels to the New Testament epistles... We are encouraged throughout to be compassionate, to look out for each other, and to care for each other, and to live together in unity. We are to do good. We are to seek justice, help the oppressed, assist the poor, and look out for the orphans and the widows in our world. We are to care about the people of Ukraine. The famine that people are experiencing in Africa. The homeless in America. And the children around the world who are neglected, abused, and put in terrible situations that are not of their own doing. The Lord says these things to us. Jesus says these things. Paul says these things. And most importantly, they give us an example of doing these things. This is what being a follower of Jesus looks like in our community and in our world. The words of Jesus in Matthew 25 make it very clear for us. And Andrew actually touched on it this morning um, where it says, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. I love the quote uh, by Greg Boyle when he says, There is no them and us. There is only us. In other words, we are all in this together and we need to find ways to work through difficulties and help those who are stuck in the middle of life's challenges. Verse 1 here says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together together. In unity. In verse 1 of Psalm 134, it says, Praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who minister by night in the house of the Lord. As followers of Jesus, we are called to live together and to serve others in any way that we can. Instead of speaking of them, we need to see all of God's people As a part of us. When those in need are a part of us, you see, it kind of gives us a different perspective on their needs and, and probably the suffering that they are experiencing. We might say, oh, that's one of us. We need to do something to help. The story is told about Martin of Tours, who was a bishop in, in Tours, France, around A.D. 371. And it was a very cold and dreary night. He was riding his horse when he ran across the path of this poor beggar who was freezing cold and didn't have much on to keep himself warm. And so Martin stops his horse. He gets off. He tears his own robe in two, and he gives half of it to the beggar in order to stay warm. And that night, as the story goes, Martin had a dream in which he saw Jesus wearing the robe that he had torn and given to the beggar. When he asked Jesus where it had come from, Jesus said, My servant Martin gave it to me. Now, I like that story. You know, I like how it represents what Jesus said in Matthew 25. But I had to wonder, when reading that story or hearing that story, why Martin just tore his robe in two... And really, you know, didn't try to find the man a warm room to sleep in. In the Sermon on the Mount, of course, Jesus told us that we are to go the extra mile when there is someone in need. When Jesus told the parable of the Good Samaritan in in Luke 10, he made sure that that was a part of that story. You know, the Samaritan was on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he, we found this man that had been beaten and robbed and left for dead. Not only did he bandage his, his wounds and help him off the road, but he took him to an inn, and he paid someone to help him recover, recover from his injuries. It always strikes me in that parable that Jesus says the Samaritan left two days of wages... For the man's care when he left. And when he left, he also said that when he returns, he was going to reimburse him for any extra expense that that he might have had in caring for that man. We must remember that that was a Samaritan helping a Jew. Those two groups of people did not get along during that time. They did not like each other. So what Jesus is teaching there is that we should care for all people, not just those we like, not just when it's convenient for us. How do we show that we are followers of Jesus? We we show it by our love for one another. And it comes down to, to how we care about each other in our common everyday relationships. You know, when we love God with all of our heart, we will have strength to love our neighbor in the same way that the Samaritan did. Sometimes, of course, uh, you know, showing that kind of love can go against our human nature. Helping people can sometimes be difficult. It's sometimes messy. It's not always easy. I'm, I'm sure it was inconvenient for the Samaritan in that parable. But he didn't ignore someone else's need. Going back to Cain's question, do we really have responsibility for anyone other than ourselves? As Christians following the example of Jesus, the answer's pretty clear. Yes, we do. We cannot exempt ourselves from the responsibility of things that are happening around us without trying to do something about them. In Isaiah 117, it says, learn to do right, seek justice and take up the cause of those who need help. If we have faith in Jesus and follow his words, then that faith needs to be actively seen or seeing the needs that are around us and finding ways to help. In the name of Christ. In the book of James, the brother of Jesus said, and I'm paraphrasing this a little bit here, What good is it if you claim to follow Jesus, but there's no resemblance of Jesus in your life? He goes on to talk about how someone who sees a person who needs clothes and food and does nothing about it, and he says, Faith that is not accompanied by action is dead. And so, you know, this is a call of action for all of us who are followers of Jesus and, and use the Bible as our guiding light for our faith. With that said, I do want to I, I mention there is much being done in the name of Christ. In our community, there's a lot being done. Around the world, there's a lot being done by Christians who are putting their faith into action, their time into service, their generosity with their bank accounts, and their love and care for those in need. This weekend, of course, we've heard how Mennonite Central Committee is helping the people in the war-torn country of Ukraine as well as other, many other places around the world. Our local churches here in Arthur work very well together on many outreach opportunities here in our community. Those, those things are a blessing. Our town of Arthur is much better off because of that work that we do together in unity to help others. Our world is better off Because of MCC and other Christian organizations and ministries around the world who are doing those things. But there's always another needy family. There's always another hurting individual or another child that will need help in the name of Jesus. And so, you know, we need to constantly have our eyes wide open for those opportunities that God places in front of us. I read an article recently about how many elderly Americans are facing a growing hunger problem. This article was talking about how many of them are facing food issues, but many of them are just feeling lonely and they don't have anyone to help them with some of the basic decisions and functions that life requires. One of the Christians that was being interviewed in that article said this, I think they just need Someone to feel like someone cares about them. Maybe we just need to knock on their door and visit them and ask them how we could be of help to them. Of course, there are also many children in need. And you know, sometimes we don't have to wait for a certain ministry to come along or wait for someone to to organize something to help. But we need to to ask God to open our eyes and open our ears to everyday opportunities that he puts in front of each of us. Ways that we can love others, even if it's not organized or a part of some ministry. It can be a part of your ministry. It could be a child. It could be someone in your extended family that you could reach out to. It might be a neighbor. It could be a child at school. But what is Jesus calling you today about servanthood, unity, and being the hands and feet of Jesus? What more can we do? I really, I truly believe that when we open ourselves to God and listen daily to the Lord, the Lord will show us and the Lord will put those opportunities in front of us. As Christians, we need to follow the ways of Jesus and hear these verses from Scripture that encourage us to work together for the kingdom of God. As we come to the end of these Psalms of Ascent, what are they calling us to ascend to? What have we heard the Lord speaking to us through this time of Lent? There's a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. that fits well with this message today. He said, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? To fit with today's message title, we could say, what are you doing for those of us who are in need? Now, I would agree with that MLK quote, except maybe I would say that is the second most urgent question that we need to ask. The first is, have you received Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior, and are you living for him? Because if that's true, then the second urgent question is hopefully one you are open to every day of your life. What are you doing for others because you are a follower of Jesus? From across the street, around the community, and throughout our country... Around the world, really, we are set apart to serve God. In verse 2 of Psalm 133, we, we read there about the precious oil that Moses poured out on the head of Aaron as he was set apart to serve God. It says that it ran down on his beard and then under the collar of his robe. You see, the priests during that time were set apart for the work as servants of the Lord. Today, though, through Jesus, we have or we live in the priesthood of all believers. That means that all of us are now called. We are all set apart and we are all encouraged to live a life of servanthood of Jesus Christ. One of the most uh, well-known statements of Jesus in the Gospels is is found in, in Matthew 22 when the Pharisees asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment anyway? And so Jesus comes back with the greatest response in the history of the world when he says, first, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then he said, the second's like it, love your neighbor as yourself. I don't think we can ever hear those words enough. It reminds us of what Jesus says in Matthew 25 when he says, What you did for one of the the least of these, you did for me. And so my prayer today is that we all, all of us, finish the race of life strong. And that when we arrive in heaven, all of us can hear the words of Jesus saying to us, well done, you good and faithful servant. Because if we hear those words, that will testify that we loved God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And we loved and cared for others as much as we looked after ourselves. I pray that that is something that we take to heart and that we live out in our everyday life as a follower of Jesus and that we can make a difference in the world. It's great. It's great to hear testimony of things that are going on around the world and how we can help with that. But there's things right across the street and in our communities, too, that we can be doing to make a difference. And so we need to listen to, to Jesus's voice in our life for that. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together and be dismissed in in prayer. Our Father in heaven, may your name be praised. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we worship you today with reverence and awe because of who you are. We're blessed that you called us your treasured people. Help us to love you and to worship you, Jesus, with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And help us to love other people unconditionally in the way that you love us. Lord, we pray for the people of Ukraine, especially this morning. Since you have brought Andrew and Les here and you have laid this on our hearts. We, we pray for peace, first and foremost. that might bring... Uh, Calm into these people's lives. Help us to realize that they are much like us in many ways. Thank you for what Andrew shared this morning that if this was happening within miles of our homes, how we might feel as a way to put us into their shoes and the things that they might be experiencing and feeling. But Lord, we pray today that that we would take this call that you have placed on our lives to see others in need and to respond with your love and compassion for them. It's throughout our Bibles. Jesus said it so often. Lord, help us to live it out and to apply it to our lives. And I pray that we would look for those opportunities in these weeks ahead. Help us to see how we might not wait for a ministry to begin to do something, but that we might just be the ministry ourselves to that person that you have laid in our heart or that you have placed in front of us. Lord, we continue to pray that you'd bless Andrew and all the people who are helping the people in Ukraine through Mennonite Central Committee and all of those workers around the world in so many areas of need. We lift them up and we pray that you give them strength and peace. And we pray, Lord, that you go with us now from this place. Help us to live each and every day for you and to uh, honor your word and to be the people that you have called us to be. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. God bless. You all have a great week ahead.